Hello and welcome to Ruta Cosmic Wisdom. I'm Amy. And I'm Alexis. We chat about astrology, archetypes, and spirituality, exploring how these and more can be woven into the day-to-day energy of life. So we'd like to invite you to settle into your body and join us. Hello, and welcome to a fresh episode of Rooted Cosmic Wisdom. For those of you that want the short version, Saturn is closest to the Earth as he's going to be. So he's going to be super bright in the sky. And we've got Lion's Gate and a lot of Uranus. If you want more details, stick with us. If that feels like all you can handle right now, thanks for tuning in. How are you, Alexis, with all of this going on? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. We're in a big shift. And the word I keep using is like, we're reorienting. We're reorienting to self. We're reorienting to what um, kind of is coming next in order to do so. There's a lot of releasing. There's a lot of shedding. And as we get into all the astrology, we'll get more into the details of that. But that's kind of in a nutshell. Yeah, this this really potent time of Lionsgate. It is so it opened on July 26th. It peaks on August 8th, so 8-8, which coincides perfectly with the Leo new moon, which is right. So that's another like kind of flag of like, oh, this one's important. And yeah, and it closes around the 12th of August. So we're in it, we're in it. And as we're moving up to that peak of it, all the stuff is coming up to the surface, like all the things, um, because we're in this tunnel, we're in this tunnel of what needs to let go. It's like the death and rebirth, right? Like there's a rebirth coming, but we need to shed um, to get there first. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the other thing that happened on the 26th when the lion's gate opened, it was the first day of the galactic year. Like we haven't had a galactic year in a long time, like not in our lifetimes because galactic years run don't run on earth time. Um, so the lion's gate opened with this galactic year, which feels like it really adds hoofed to it, like weight. And it happened two days after that, the first Aquarius full moon at zero or one degrees Aquarius, like those baby learning degrees. Mm -hmm. So it does feel like we're in this learning period until we get to the second Aquarian full moon on like the 22nd, but we'll get there right now. Yeah. Let's be with Lionsgate. (laughs) And that we're in between these two full moons is another portal in itself, right? It's another tunnel. Like we get two Aquarius full moons, which is rare. It doesn't happen often. We get one per sign as we move through. And so we get two in Aquarius, um, basically telling us like whatever happened back in February with the new moon needed two months of unfolding. It needed two full moons to unfold. And so that to me also like signals that that's another portal tunnel that we're in. So it's like you put that kind of tunnel, you put the lion's gate tunnel, that's a big rebirth coming. And yes, it's happening in the sign of Leo in the heart. Um, Lion's gate happens when the sun is in Leo. It's associated with the star Sirius when Sirius is rising, where we can start to see Sirius in the sky. And that's the brightest star in the sky for us. And it's just this very 
like there's all these pieces that Leo is very, um, the heart, Leo is our heart. It's very emphasized that this isn't just anywhere. It's, it's the heart. And what I've been feeling into too, is that in some spiritual traditions, um, the mind, they call the spiritual eye of the heart and that our like soul knowing occurs in the heart. It's not the monkey mind. It's not the ego. It's, it, it occurs in the heart. And that's actually the deeper place of our deeper knowings. And so that that's happening in Leo. It's like, we are reorienting to the deepest version and the truest version of ourselves. And in order for that to happen, of course, if there's a big birth, of course, there's going to be a big death. Like, of course, all this stuff is going to come up. Of course, you know, um, also we had on August 1st, Mercury conjunct the sun and Mercury, when he is conjunct the sun, there's a few hours where it's called Kazemi and it's like, he is in the heart of the sun and we get clarity and we get messages and we get information, but on either side of it, and it only lasts a few hours, it's combust. So we've been in that we've been in, and we are in right now, the other side of it, where it's, I actually had a headache on both sides of the Kazemi. <laughs> I had like headache and then I got really clear and then I had a headache again. Like that's, that's the combust of it. It's, it's almost so bright um, that the messages sometimes um, can get a little, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Disoriented mm -hmm. kind of. Um, yeah. So that occurred yesterday also in Leo, in the heart <laughs> to kick us off for August. Yeah, we're just we're in it. We're film we're we're recording this on August 2nd. So this Kazemi event was yesterday on August 1st. Um and we are we're really in this like peeling back of the heart. How do we want to connect in um to our hearts and to the hearts of people around us? Like it really like, can we move from this place of deeper connection rather than monkey mind, rather than egoic self, um, rather than this grasping that we've been in? We've really been in grasping for so long, holding tight. Um, and there is, it is an upgrade to learn to let go, like to learn to peel your fingers off that death grip and, and release it. Um, there's a trust that's required in that. Like if I let go of it, will I, like, will something come back to me? Do you need something back? Or are you just like holding it to take space? Um, as we don't need to be so over full. Like I have definitely noticed that as, as the slow reemergence has happened, um, and the push to get back to normal, it's like the push to get back to normal is like trying to hold on to things that are done. And when we're holding on, like when your closet is full of shoes, you can't buy any more shoes. You've got to get rid of some, just saying. <laughs> like if, you, if your closet's full of handbags, like whatever it is that you have a full closet of, there comes a point when you, you like net, need to let some of that go if you want anything new to come in and rejuvenate you, um, I love, what did I read recently? Potential is such a valuable word because it contains the word potent. Mm -hmm. 
And potential is about growth. And we are only potent if we are choosing to grow. Like it was just like, yes, this right here. Our potency comes from our growth potential, from our growth edge and being at it. And a part of growth is that death, that letting go, that releasing. Um, and I love that. Like, I love being in these tunnels, <laughs> even if they push me, even if they're uncomfortable, um, because it does open up space in me and in my life. And I watch it happen all the time with clients, like the spaces that get blown open for them in these places of like squeezy uncomfortableness. So like, bring it on. Yes. Because yeah, what's on the other side, if we are able to go through and do the releasing, it's always better. It's always, um, it just feels right. Like it just feels good when you get to the other side. And I love that you said um, it's kind of peeling back layer by layer because it does feel like that to remember again that it's not a race. <laughs> and which, which is also why I love astrology because it it's like there's things happening in different days and they it's not like everything happens all at once, right? Like we get the pieces and we also get the pieces when we're ready and everything comes back around. So if you didn't get it this time, you'll it'll come. Don't worry, you're not going to miss anything. But that idea of peeling it back layer by layer, and especially like when we feel into like the heart and all this armoring and all this stuff we carry around us in order to walk through the world and, and or all the stuff that we've carried that we've been conditioned to, it's going to be layer by layer. It's that's, that's the safest way. That's the best way. And to remember that. So as we're going through and as we're talking about the astrology, to remember like it'll come to you when it's time and there might even be something that comes to you as you're listening and it might be something that comes to you next week and just letting it unfold naturally um today we have mercury opposing saturn so talking about you know some of the messages that might come saturn is he's the carpenter he's he's the like let's get stuff done like let's make things happen here in actual reality, right? Like he's not about dreaming things up. He, Saturn is the one who's like, let's, and let's get it done, right? He's like, it, it, it might hurt a little bit. You might not like me, but we're gonna get it done. And at the end, you're gonna be like, oh, wow, this, this feels way better than what I had. He's like, we're gonna build you a bigger box. You were in this little box. We actually, it's not even gonna be a box. It's gonna be like a gorgeous mansion. And so Mercury is holding the megaphone of like, okay, how do we do this? right? Like there's messages that can come in today of and around this time. And again, because Saturn has been in Aquarius all year, he's there for a few years. So again, it's the, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And so the, the, the ultra marathon <laughs> <laughs> and the little messages that can drop in around, okay. And this is, this is how to, this is supportive, right? This is a piece that can be supportive. Um, and it, a lot of the times, comes in uncomfortable ways, especially because it's an opposition. It can come in a way um, like through the things that are triggering you in the ways that you're like having these ailments or these body aches or like this just stuff. Um, and it's just urging us to listen because there is something helpful and there's something really um, necessary for us to see. And also today, August 2nd, Juno stations direct 
which feels really significant. And I don't always pay attention to when asteroids station. Um, sometimes they're significant and they always, like they're always something that affect us for sure. But this one in particular, Juno is stationing direct in Sagittarius. It's aspecting the sun, the moon, Saturn, the south node and Vesta all within a three degree orb, which just means it's a very tight, like, like it's very um, potent. The sun, the moon, it's our external and our internal selves. Saturn, we just talked about Saturn is like, we're gonna get stuff done here. He's also about boundaries and it's on a south node. What do we need to release? Which means it's opposing the north node because there's somewhere we wanna go. And Vesta, who is about that internal flame, that inner flame that sources us from within. And so Juno, who is the goddess of sacred union and contracts, and it always is within first, of course, right? So it's union within ourselves and also in relationship in the contracts that we have with, and it can be friends, it can be partners, it can be coworkers, it can be any relationships and contracts that we have. She's stationing direct. So she's like, this is a piece that's going to help. We have to get real clear on our boundaries and the contracts that are meant to be in our life and not. Mm -hmm. And to come from a place of union within ourselves. Like I am balanced. I am whole. And from this place, this is what serves me. She also, she, she was the queen of Olympus. She has a sovereignty to her. She has um, this radiance that when she is in her highest, she is able to have that sovereignty of like, this is what I need for me. And so that that all is happening as Mercury opposes Saturn, like we're not even going to, I don't think you're going to have to really like, <laughs> like, I don't think you're going to have to really search too hard for these things to come up in your life. Like, I think they're going to, they're going to be there. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'd love um you you brought in Juno and like my whole body like just like chills my whole body. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Here comes here comes the Juno medicine. Yeah, she wants to be spoken of today, like for uh -huh. sure. Um, and it is like yeah, I agree. There's not we're not going to need to like reach because it's all like laid out in front of us, and it's really being super honest with ourselves, that radical honesty. And in that radical honesty, the radical self-acceptance, like, oh, this is my like truth. This is my center. This is where I'm at. Um, and like not worrying about making anybody else happy. Like this is me loving me by having these boundaries, by deciding what I'm going to move forward with and what I'm not, what serves me and what doesn't serve me. And radical self-acceptance and radical truth, like that bring it here and be honest with yourself is not something that we are culturally skilled at. At least, you know, as somebody who lives in the United States, I'm just going to go ahead and blanket that statement over our entire country we are not skilled at being honest with ourselves. And when we have no skill with being honest with ourselves, we can't be honest with anybody else. Like we just can't. Um, and so I, 
like that feels like such a big invitation is, is the radical honesty and the radical self-acceptance of, oh, it turns out, you know, even if it's something as small as, oh yeah, I am a person that gets hangry. And, you know, that's the first step to the bigger things of like, oh, I have deep shame. Like I block off this whole part of myself because I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to be rejected. Like it's those baby steps that help us peel those layers that we've been speaking of. Yes. And I love that you brought in the radical truth because Uranus (laughs) is super loud and super loud for Lionsgate and super loud for the new moon. So we have on August 3rd, Venus is trine Uranus, both in earth signs. So Venus in Virgo, Uranus in Taurus, and then Mercury squares Uranus on the same day. So we get Venus and Mercury aspecting Uranus and Venus is about embodiment. She is about um, like our self-worth as well. If you feel into her in Virgo, Virgo is the sign of the priestess of whole into self. And that's its highest expression. And its lower expression can be control and wanting to grasp and grip and really um, control. And so that aspecting Uranus and Taurus, there's a, there's a big body piece here, it feels like, like really listening to our bodies and what our bodies are telling us first. And then also like being embodied like being here, being present, being in your body, um, which isn't always easy. I think we often live, like we live a lot in our heads. We live a lot, like just kind of running around doing things, but to really be embodied, be fully in your body. um, I think that's an invitation here. And then also we get Mercury aspecting Uranus. So Mercury just holding the megaphone up to both of them and like poking and challenging. And I think Mercury in, in Leo is very, like he's igniting things. Like he's very fiery. He's very like, Mercury is a trickster. That's like part of his archetype. But I feel like him in Leo, he gets this like playful, like, like I just like see him running around with like, um, like a little like matches or like with this little igniter, just like, I'm just going to like light everyone up. Like here's a little, here's a little hot poker. Right. And he's just like running around, like lighting all this stuff up. And it's not from a place of it's, it's in a place of, because this is going to bring up something that you just need to see, you know, Mm -hmm. he's just, he's igniting these parts of us, these parts within ourselves that have been, we haven't been listening to, or we've been repressed or we've had, tucked away, or we, we most likely have no idea that it's there. Um, or we may have an idea it's there and be like, no, I, I, I'm good, I'm good. Um, and so with Mercury and his little like fiery, like gonna light us all up, this is happening along in the same day with the energy of Venus and Uranus. And Uranus is just, a, he, like he is radical truth. He's like, I, you can't ignore it. And so I think with all, all three of those, like Venus asking us to be really present and in our bodies and Uranus just bringing this radical truth. And then <laughs> Mercury with his little hot poker, like <laughs> it's just, there's a lot that 
I think if we're, if we're really trying, like, I think you really have to try to ignore, like you really have to like push this stuff down. And if you're mm -hmm. doing that, I think it's just going to keep getting more uncomfortable. Um, so the invitation is to work with rather than against these mm -hmm. things that are coming up. Um, listen and spend some time in your body, spend some time like stretching or doing some yoga or getting a massage or just, just literally sitting with and feeling your body. Um, because all you have to really do is be present. Like, I don't think it's, again, I think that's kind of a theme. <laughs> I think that's a theme for like the first half of August is like, you're not going to really have to do anything to search for this stuff. It's going to come. It's just your choice of, and what are you going to do with it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are you going to do about it? And like for, like, if we come across the other thing, like with this Taurus, Uranus and Taurus, there's such a, like, maybe right now, if you, if it's being in your physical body is so uncomfortable, why don't you start with your physical space, right? Does your, does your physical space, does your living space serve you? Or do you need to make some radical adjustments? You know, me and my cleaning out the closets, like <laughs> clean out the closets and whether those closets are physical closets or your body closets or your emotional closets, you know, I, I have a, I'm a, a number one purger. I do not like to like have stuff that is not useful, is not beautiful and if I, and even if it's useful and beautiful and I have a like memory or energy attachment to it, that makes me go like, and like pull back from it, it's got to go. Um, because how we live in the world, Taurus, what we're, what we're doing with our space and our physicality, it's not just being in our bodies. It's also how our bodies are interacting with our lives. <clears throat> and it may be a big, big step to move into your physical body. That can be really uncomfortable for a lot of people. Like I have been a body worker for a decade and a half. And I can always tell the people who don't want to be in their bodies most because they have chronic physical pain because their bodies are like the toddler on the floor of the supermarket or the toddler in the aisle of Target who's like, I want a toy and you're not paying attention. Like when we hit the point of chronic pain, it's because we're so detached from our body that it's just screaming and we have to start somewhere. And I know that starting with that screaming toddler is a hard spot to start. And if you stick with that screaming toddler, if you stick with the body that has chronic pain, you can find a way forward. Yeah. Like, and that's so what, like this Uranus energy, it's like, come children, come forward out of your discomfort because you can handle it. Like we're here because we can, we can do this. Yeah. And it's exactly, it's being wherever you are for you. Right. And that's all we can do. And a lot of it is just being present, being present with whatever it is, whatever degree that means for you of 
either sometimes it's not even sometimes like we may be so numb that it's not even showing up in our body right there's all different ways and yeah that's a perfect example of how chronic pain will often kind of be this manifestation of what we're not listening to right like that toddler like you said um and sometimes we're just so like we're not even feeling anything and we can't even feel it at all and so really it's just being present with wherever you are whatever is coming up because something something will be coming up right and the invitation is whether it's in your body or in your physical reality i love that you brought in your, into your space too because it's just whatever is coming up in physical reality right like whatever is coming up um because if it sometimes we can't look at ourselves but we can it can be married to us through our relationships mm-hmm. or our home space we have to create a safe space before we're willing to go there and so yeah i think that's really key to remember um is to just be present with wherever you are right like and i love that you brought that in especially as a body worker like to me and not and i'm not saying it's for everybody but for me i have a body worker who is amazing and it's really important for me to see her and work with her because things come through that i couldn't get to on my own even though i'm pretty in tune to my body still we can ask for help we can go for help we can't right i think that's mm-hmm. like something we also forget like go for, ask for help yeah right there, there's a there's a very very real reason that failure to thrive is is a problem like animals need to be touched like we need contact and being in this very puritan society like i think about the women i work with whose whose primary source of touch are their children wanting something from them you know i i think of the men i work with who, you know, they seek touch through sexual contact rather than like, just like being present, you know, and human animals need touch. All of us do. I don't know a single person who does not do better emotionally, mentally, energetically, spiritually, physically, when they are being touched on a regular basis basis find a body worker (laughs) it's my plug for my industry (laughs) highly recommend and i i've had to go to i mean if i lived in minneapolis like i would just be seeing amy like no questions but i don't i live on the east coast so it took me some time um to find right and then i found someone and then because of covid you know she wasn't working and and it took me some time but when i found like you'll know when you find the right body worker for you that resonates with you um yeah, cannot recommend body work enough. But if it doesn't feel like it's for you or you're not there yet, just listening to what it is your body needs. Like that's really what it is because there are many levels to embodiment. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But if we can just be present and listen to what we need now, it will evolve and it will change and grow if we're just listening to our bodies. And it can start with nourishment, with food, it can start with the way our body wants to move. It's just just being present with it and listening to our bodies, I think is a really big invitation um, for sure with all of that earth. And then on August 6th, we have more Uranus. Don't worry, I'm not done with Uranus. Um, the sun squares Uranus. 
So I think all the stuff that's coming up around that time, right? Like if you're really just being present, the sun will also illuminate pieces for you. And this can help, this can bring clarity, but it may come, it's a square, it may come again <laughs> in a little triggery or um, challenging way. It may be the thing that we're not really wanting to see, but the sun is like shining on it, can't ignore it. It's like, it's there. So um, again, we can work with it or against it. And so the sun on August 6th is squaring Uranus right before the new moon in Leo squaring Uranus. So the new moon that happens on Lionsgate on August 8th is squaring Uranus. So you can see, right? You can see how the whole week Uranus is bringing in this truth, like this radical truth for you, right? And if the word radical like freaks you out, throw that out. It's just your truth. <laughs> just your truth. And Uranus is just kind of, you know, dropping in his little, his little lightning bolts all week to just light you up, to bring some illumination to, these are some parts to see, so that when we get to the new moon in Leo on August 8th, which is the peak of the, <laughs> with the lion's gate, that we're ready for this new start. We're ready for this new beginning, right? And it's just, it's just another layer, but it does have a, um, the potential to really be a big shift for us in that um, we've really had all week to work with this energy and, and longer than that. I mean, we honestly like that this is stuff that we've been working with for much, much longer. It's just that it's this piece, this particular piece is ready to be seen at this point. And yeah, that new moon in Leo is really big because it's also, again, we mentioned the two full moons in Aquarius. It's this new moon in between these real, like it's really held I think that's the other piece of like, you know, yes, it's potent or yes, you can say there's like, you know, a lot coming up, but it, we're also really held. Like we're held in, these are big shifts happening. Yes. And like, you're ready for it. You're ready to see what you're seeing now. And we're held and it's safe and it's okay. And so if we have to remind ourselves of that too, like take a breath. Okay. Yes, we can, we can do this. We are mm -hmm. good. We're held. We're held by these beautiful two full moons um so yeah so that is august 8th which is a really big like that's like big bright star that day um august 8th is really big, a big day in the month of august um coinciding with lionsgate mm -hmm. and this and this uranus these squares um I will often say that squares are about our relationship with trust, our ability to have a relationship. Well, they're about trust from the standpoint of what is our relationship with the unknown? Um, the other thing that squares feel like to me is an opportunity. Okay, we're back to potential. Squares are potent due to their potential for us to rise above for us to overcome the obstacle because they present us with the obstacle. And can we move above them? Can we rise above that obstacle? And, and it's not about necessarily winning. It feels more of that like ascension, that lifting up piece. Um, it, is, it is a held thing. 
Like I feel personally like super held, super like, yeah, let's do this thing. Um, Cause there is excitement. I think we've forgotten how much excitement there is in the new and the fresh and um, the unexplored. And we've forgotten that so much of our unexplored terrain is interior. There's, there's this like, let's explore and conquer outside of us. And we've left like our important stuff behind and shoved in the basement. So how do we use these squares as almost launching points to meet the obstacle, meet like the truth piece? Maybe the obstacle is like really getting honest with yourself. That's an obstacle. Yes. And can you rise to meet it? Yeah. So I'm I'm loving it. Yay, Lionsgate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I love that idea of like rising and ascension rather than it being this like hard race that we're just mm -hmm. like, you know, jumping over hurdles, which yes, it can be that. But if we can take a step back, I mean, always when we can take a step back, like we often we're creating the hurdles and the struggle. And that's okay because we're human. That is Part of our human experience but it's taking a step back too and knowing that this is helping us rise and that it is that reorienting right if we're involving it involves Lionsgate involves the sun and the star Sirius and Sirius was a star that like ancient um you know traditions would like they would orient to the star they would build pyramids based on the star like it's the orientation, I think, is a really big part of like, we're not, we're not telling you to be somebody else, or it's not telling you to, you know, um, do this radical thing. It's just reorienting you to yourself. Yeah, That's all it is. And that, yeah, that it is that ascension and it is that rising. And yes, it can, it can be challenging, but the trust piece is really important too. And in the next day, so on August 9th, Venus opposes Neptune. Who, Neptune to me, no matter what he's aspecting, no matter what he's doing, he can be about, yes, sometimes illusions and he can create, you know, veils of foggy confusion. He's always about trust. Can you trust? And so that message with Venus and Neptune, who to me are both about um, love and Venus to me is like human love and Neptune is like divine love. Can you trust? Because there is that love. There's, there's a beautiful piece to being human. And there is a beautiful piece to that there is something greater, that we are that something greater. And that coming after the next day after the lion's gate, I think is really important because you brought up this trust piece. And I think it's like, you know, just really the stars are like, yeah, don't forget. <laughs> for Neptune that is his biggest message like mm -hmm. is trust whatever you're in just trust um and if you can get to that place right and we'll, we're gonna come in and out of it mm -hmm. but that day I think is just a piece of medicine in reminding us to trust um and if you know if you have to write yourself a post-it note if you have to have a friend who reminds you if you have to like have those um like instances of like oh yeah 
this stuff is real. Like write it down in a notebook, whatever it takes for you to remember um, that you can trust and that it has worked out and that, um, that, it, that, that is the thing that will get you through. That day feels like a really um, just nice little balm after all of um, that we are coming out of with Lion's Gate. So that is August 9th. Venus in Virgo opposes Neptune in Pisces, which Pisces is also a sign of trust and surrender. And Venus um, in Virgo, we did talk about how it can be, the shadow side can be the controlling and the grasping and the, right, the clinging a little bit. Um, but Neptune is reminding us like, trust, it's okay. Um, and creating like, what that means for you, creating that safe space um, for yourself. And that connection to something greater, whatever that means for you, because it's different for everybody. What it means to me is going to be different for you. Um, but really important to, to remind yourself and to hold on to whatever that is, whatever you can do to help you connect to that something greater is going to be a really helpful medicine and balm as we move through that week. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um... Pisces and this Pisces Virgo access is also the balance of the masculine and the feminine, like with the medicine man and the medicine woman. So there's this aspect of nurturing trust. So we oftentimes, okay, I think about how often people will get indignant and be like, well, don't you trust me? Well, like, have you nourished my trust? Have you nurtured a trusting relationship with yourself first, always with yourself so that you can nourish your trust, the trust around you, your, you know, as goofy as it sounds like that circle of trust, right? <laughs> are we, what are we doing to nourish and nurture? And we may find that trust is a really potent medicine. Because um, trust is a potent medicine when we trust ourselves, when we know that, like, I've got me, I know what I need to do to hold myself and to meet myself. It, it's, that is such a potent brew that, that it causes these, this, these ripples of shifts that you will, like, witness moving through your life when you can trust you, when you nourish your own self-acceptance by trusting yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And what's coming now is too, like that idea that this something greater is outside of us. Mm -hmm. It's not, yeah. our, it's our higher self. It's like our own soul. And that that's something to really, um, let go of that even that even that idea of trust like oh I trust in this um, power outside of me which is beautiful right and we yes that's that's a piece of it um but it's really that and that that is a part of me that that is me that I'm really trusting my higher self my soul whatever word you know you want to use or whatever way it feels right for you um, that it's really that part of it. it feels really important to bring it back to um, self. Mm -hmm. Because anytime we look to the external, whether it's in an external person, things in our life, material things, even externally 
you know, God, and I know that word can be triggery for some people, um, or universe, or right, higher power outside of us. Um, we have to remember it's both. Like there is a humbleness to knowing that there is something greater than us, but we are a part of that and we are that. And so I think that is the piece too, um, that it's not a handing over of our power. It's actually empowering ourselves and from that empowered place and humble. Cause it's not the ego can get involved and be like, I'm so powerful. <laughs> like, I'm so good. And the ego's the ego is great. The ego can really make itself sound like, Ooh, this is coming from something higher. The, the ego is really, really great at that. Um, <laughs> that sneaky ego. <laughs> I mean, right. Like this is why, totally. this is why it's a lifelong kind of, you know, um, relationship between our ego and our soul. <laughs> if the ego wasn't smart, like the soul would just run the show. The ego is that smart that it's, it's, oh yeah, it's a sneaky one. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> it's like this humble empowerment, right? It's this humble, like, um, this humble knowing, like, I don't have to tell everybody. I don't have to like, you know, go put on a show. It's just, I know within myself and that's, that's the piece, um, that I think is really like that trust has to come from within ourselves, um, is kind of what, yeah. Was. No, I love that. I, it, what like came in around that was this shifting that we're seeing in, in like the British monarch and how, that's really opened up a lot of conversations around the fact that, well, being a queen or being a king isn't about being waited upon. Being a sovereign is about being in service um, and, and learning how to be in service. Um, it's not about being served. <laughs> and that seems to be something that's been a, a point of confusion for mankind. Um, <laughs> that that a, a true sovereign and aligned sovereign is, is humble and serves. So I like yeah. love that, like the humble sovereignty. Right. Cause I mean, that's where we, I mean, that's where we've gotten ourselves into trouble. Like from like ever is power that we take and we misuse it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can just, you know, throughout Go history. Read a history book. Right there. <laughs> Any of them, just pick yeah. one. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I love, yeah, that humble sovereignty, I feel like is, um, is just really important. Yeah. Because we can put it outside of ourselves um, and forget. Um, and so the next piece that feels, um, important with the astrology August 10th Mercury opposes Jupiter and Mercury and Leo opposes Jupiter and Aquarius always about expansion with Jupiter and you know when he when Mercury holds that megaphone up to Jupiter of course there's going to be right like more expansion and he's newly Jupiter is newly in Aquarius he's retrograde so we're still doing the inward reflection but he's back in Aquarius where he started the year. 
He dipped out into Pisces and now he's back in Aquarius where he will finish the year. And this is important because Saturn and Jupiter in Aquarius for the year, like they have some, they have some stuff to do. They had some work to do in Aquarius and Jupiter went on a little vacation to Pisces, but he's back now. And so the messages that are coming are like, oh yeah, that's right. Like talk about reorienting, right? Like Jupiter is like, I'm back, I'm back in the office and like, we're gonna, you know, get back on track. It's still inward. He doesn't station direct until October, um, but he's, he's working. He's back to, okay, like how are we gonna expand this area, that area that we were working on? I need a little break, I need to go into Pisces to remind you that anything is possible. That's why he went there. He's back now. And so Mercury opposing Jupiter feels like um, just reminding us, right? More of this reorienting theme, reorienting to what it is um, that we need for that area. And you can look at Aquarius in your chart, what house it's in to really emphasize and to give you some clues, but you don't have to know astrology because you can just feel into what area in my life has been really loud this year. Um, that there will be there will be an expansion and there will be some messages and there will be um, some insight. Again, most often it's within what are the pieces that we need to see about ourselves so that this can unfold. Mm -hmm. And you know, normally Jupiter spends much longer than five months in a sign, and so he really like blew through from the end of December until May he like blasted through Aquarius. So there's also this feeling with him re-entering Aquarius that there's going to be a revisiting yes. and reveals around the things that we maybe skimmed over from the end of December to May um, that there maybe wasn't full disclosure about. Like, so I love that there's this Mercury like, kicking it off energy of right, right, right opposite. Yes. blasting the space, like creating the space. Because I think of conjunctions as this energy and oppositions is like creating this space between and what is going to get filled into that? What's going to get put into that space? So with Jupiter, like collectively on the bigger scale, it feels like this is an opportunity for there to be some loud and clear, Mercury, make it loud, reveals about things that there was not full disclosure given around from December to May. Like we're going to be getting some information. Yes. And it's not just with this Mercury-Jupiter piece. It's as Jupiter like moves through Aquarius, being back in the office and revisiting to close out those projects that he started <laughs> between end of December and May. Yep. Yeah. And I'm glad you're bringing this revisiting because yeah, if we think about the path, right, he moved forward, then he moves backwards and then he will move forward a third time. So there will be three passes and he's just on his revisiting backwards path right now. So especially the stuff that happened in the spring, yeah. that March, April time, that's because he's in the end of Aquarius. So if we feel into the time when he spent at that end of Aquarius, as he was just moving out, um, that's what he's revisiting right now. And so 
it's and we also we weren't ready to see we couldn't have seen it then we were only in the first pass he's revisiting it because now we can see and it will help us so that when he goes direct in october and makes his third and final pass the third and final pass is generally when we can actually see when there's a clarity and we're like oh i i get why that year all that stuff happened like it makes sense from that point of view and so we're just in the revisiting and yeah i'm glad you brought that up because it's really important to remember that like this it's they're all cycles right like we are in cycles that this is revisiting a cycle that we started at the beginning of the year and that unfolded through the spring um, or if you're in you know spring fall we're depending on where you are in the world but that march april may time and that that is going to bring these illuminations right and that that is the expansion is the the under being able to understand and see things um, and knowing that we don't have to see the full picture yet because don't worry we get a third pass at the end of the year so it's all good yeah there's going to be there's going to be time to have the next layer like we keep coming back to these layers right everything is in layers and everything is cyclic like we're in these cycles constantly in these cycles and there's consistent opportunity and potential in that um and when we work with the cycles we are accessing more of our potential to peel back those layers and to see more clearly and to move from a space of humble sovereignty I don't know how I look how that all wove in there. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and to not um, not to be disheartened when something is coming up that you're like, oh my gosh, this again. Like it feels like I am just on this merry-go-round because it's not. It's a spiral, mm-hmm. and we are always moving because that thing, it just it just happens to be the really great perfect um, scenario for you to see the next layer. Right. And like, we're human. We only have so much that we can experience. So it's like, oh, we're going to bring up that experience. Like that was a really good example of this. So you don't have to feel like, oh, why is this scenario keep coming up? Or why is this person? Or why is this thing keep coming up? That's okay. It's just, it's actually not about the person or the thing, or it's really just this perfect platform for you to see what you need to see. And you're at a, you're at, you are at a different spot. Mm-hmm. You are. So that's okay. Because I know a lot of people who are like, oh my gosh, this again. And they get um, like kind of, you know, they kind of get in this like down in the yeah. dumps about it mm-hmm. because it's like, why, why is this coming back again? Like I thought I was stronger than that. And it's like, no, it's okay. It's just that thing, that person was really just a really great way for you to see what you need to see. And that's okay. And also don't, to cl- you don't need to cling on to the person. Like it's probably not about calling that person <laughs> or right. Doing these things with people do. They're like, Oh my gosh, I just keep thinking about this person. It means I need to No, it's probably just bringing up exactly what you need to see for you. Um, whether they're in your life or not, or whether this is a scenario that happened years ago or whatever the situation is. Um, yeah. Don't, don't become, um, upset if the things are coming up because that is part of the cycle of things is that yes 
it may be a similar theme that's coming up, but it's to show us something new that we're now ready to see from a different point of view. It's the next layer in your spiral. It's the next layer. Yes. And then August 11th, we get Mercury leaving Leo and entering Virgo. So he's had enough fun in Leo. He had a really great time, you know, sparking everyone up, igniting everything. And now he moves into Virgo where he, that's a home sign for Mercury. He is home in Virgo. He loves it. Super analytical, super, you know, on top of things, a great time to get organized, to get, you know, kind of focused back on track, but to remember not to overdo it, <laughs> not to like overanalyze and to really like need a plan for everything, right? It's, it's balance. It's all about balance. But it can be a really beautiful time um, because he is home in Virgo. You know, just just be aware of that. Be aware. Um, <laughs> Mercury is such a trickster. Like I love him, but I just oh gosh, he's so good because he just he has a different flavor no matter and all the planets do right. They have a different flavor no matter what sign they're in. But I think Mercury, like I can really feel him today. I think because he's so he's a close planet to us, right? He's right next to the Earth. And he is known as a personal planet and he, he's about communication and technology and like the things that we do all day long, Mercury rules it. <laughs> Transportation. <laughs> Our cars, like, and so I just feel the shift of him into Virgo um, being a really beautiful and also just be aware of like the overanalyzing that may come with Mercury and Virgo. Um, yeah, he's oh, gonna love him. Gonna love him. No, I was just, I'm giggling about that because um, like in the past 24 hours, I've gotten a notice that my iCloud is almost full and my Gmail account storage is almost full. <laughs> so just like there is a like, okay, Mercury is going into Virgo. I can go in and deal with these things. And I think sometimes we forget that we have this physical life and this electronic life. And Mercury is like, let's do some organizing. Like, do you need to take up all of this? Yep. Or could we clean it up a little bit? Right. Um, yeah, and he's bringing all this up now because he's in Leo. He's doing the hot poker to you, yeah, right? He's, like he's, he's got his little lighter which I'm laughing about because I bought these little short, like you've got the long wand lighters, right? And then you've got the short like cigarette lighters. And I found like candle lighters that are only that big for my firewalk and they're super cute. So like, that's the lighter I see mercury having cause it's easy to hide in your hand. And it's also easy to extend the little end out and like light things on fire as you go because you're not got the cigarette lighter that you have to hold in a certain position. So in my head, Mercury right now has the same lighters that I've got for the firewalk this weekend. And that's what he's using to light things on fire. I love that. Yeah, that's perfect. That is, yeah, that is exactly Mercury right now. And so, so that when he moves into Virgo, right? Like there's, there's things that have been brought to your attention right that you are aware. things that are on fire it is now time to decide if you're going to get a hose or a bucket or a fire extinguisher to deal with it <laughs> right. 
Yeah, so we get Mercury in Virgo. Don't worry, there's plen plenty of time to figure things out, to you know, work with this next piece of it. Because um, he is home, he is home in Virgo and he loves to be in Virgo, he loves it there. That same day, August 11th, Mars, who is in Virgo, squares the North Node. And Venus, who is in Virgo, trines Pluto. So we get a lot of Virgo because we have, I love when Venus and Mars do things on the same day. I feel like they're just like teaming up and they're just like, yeah, let's go do this thing. Like the talk about other planets that are close to us, right? Those are also personal planets. So we get Mercury, Venus, and Mars who are the three closest planets to us, like all doing stuff in Virgo that day. Like it's, it's great. Um, with the North Node and Pluto involved. <laughs> Like the transformation potential um, in that, like these personal planets in this sign of organization um, with like this transformational energy calling us towards our North Node. You know, what do we need to release? I always think of like Reese Witherspoon in Wild with that ridiculous huge backpack that was, that had so much stuff in it. She couldn't even like stand up. Yeah, yeah. Take off your backpack, empty it out, only put in it what you need in the moment. Um, <clears throat> because the rest of it, you're just hauling around stuff you don't need. Right. And Pluto is there to like help us transform and transmute to, um, to really embody our gifts and to heal and shift our trauma and our damage to heal and shift and let go of vows and commitments and stuff that, you know, we're back to Juno. What are the contracts that you don't need in your backpack? Yes. Do you need like a file cabinet of contracts of, you know, hundred page contracts in your backpack? Is that going to work for you? No. Right. Like clean out your contracts. Right. And with the North node, it, it is, it's pointing us to that like, okay, let's really focus on the higher perspective and the where you really want to go here. Because everything else can be a distraction. And Pluto is there to, to be that deep dive of like, Pluto doesn't do distractions. <laughs> we're going deep and we're going in and that's it. And this happens at the end of this Lionsgate portal. So it happens on August 11th, right before we move out of this Lionsgate portal time period. And so there's like that's a lot of planets involved that day. Like we're coming out, we're going out with a bang and Pluto is also rebirth. So there's this energy that day of big rebirth. Mm -hmm. It's involving all the personal planets, the North node and re like Pluto is rebirth. He's about mm -hmm. transformation and rebirth. Yeah. So that day, maybe book your massage that day. Maybe take a bath that day. <laughs> Stay home. Take care of yourself that day. Rebirth. <laughs> yeah. Like take a trip to the beach. Do what you need to do. I'm really feeling water. Like, you know, like maybe get in the water, right? Like take a bath, put on some water, like sounds, drink a lot of water. Like drink a lot of water. <laughs> Just drink a lot of water. Amy's favorite saying, drink a lot of water. Yeah. Cause that day. It's beautiful, like it's beautiful. Birth is a beautiful thing, right? Like the birth of a new life is beautiful. 
and exhausting. Yeah. Right? Like you would know better than myself. Giving birth is exhausting. You just want to sleep when you're done because it's tiring. And August 12th is a Thursday and Thursdays are ruled by Jupiter. So there's also this like expansive Thursday (laughs) energy to this happening. So it has this potential to feel really like, whoa, so drink a lot of water. Take care of yourself, nourish, like going back to that, what do you need, right? Being able to be present because it's going to be, it's going to be a shift. It's definitely going to be a shift. And however that shows up in your life, however you feel it, um, it's a shift. And it's almost like the 11th is like the labor and the 12th is the birth. And then we get a couple of days where it's quiet. Um, so we get to just like relax. You with our new baby. You with the new baby, right? Get to know this, this new rebirthed freshly birthed like what is this how do I want to be in this how do I want to be in relationship with it who is this right right so really taking time for yourself um, as we come out of that lion's gate portal mm-hmm. um, so again we have a couple of days where it's quiet we have on the 15th mercury squaring the north node so just he's home in Virgo He's, he's pretty cool. He's pretty, you know, I won't say chill because Mercury and Virgo isn't exactly chill, but he's, he's good. He's happy. And he is just pointing us to the North node. Like, like this beautiful shift has happened over this course of these few weeks. Like there's this message of, and yeah, and this is, this is what it's for. It's for this higher version of you. It's for this next piece you're ready to be in and and it can feel really good like it can feel really good like that day to me feels like mercury's home he's aspecting the north node in gemini which is also a sign of mercury mm-hmm. like it feels like that day he's just like right anything can come up it's just listening again everything with curiosity mm-hmm. especially with when mercury and and gemini is involved and the North Node is in Gemini, like that curiosity, but just being open to the messages and, and what is coming around that time. Um, but it does feel supportive. It feels like it's pointing us towards that North Node and reminding us of that. Yeah, it's just, yeah, there's so much, so much of this feels supportive to me. Because um, for me, the support isn't about not doing the hard things. It's about it's, it's not about avoiding the tunnel or leaving all the layers in place so we can be protective. Um, all of that stuff is, is the juice and the magic. And there is a lot of support. Birth is sweaty, bloody, exhausting, intense work. Um, and you know, you only have to take each step one time. You don't have to do the same contraction ever again. Every contraction is its own animal. (laughs) So you've only got to do it once. Don't worry about what's coming. Don't worry about what has been. Just be in what is right now. Be in you and your life 
and just like with that open Leo heart, like just like shine that sun and that open Leo heart. Because we need more open Leo hearts. We need more open hearts. We need, we need more functioning from that place. We do. We do. And another supportive piece, Venus enters Libra on the 16th. So that to me feels really yummy, balanced. She is home in Libra. So we now get Venus home in Libra, which is a sign of harmony and balance and relationships. And it just has this really um, centered feel. When Venus is home in Libra, she's happy, she's good. Um, and of course, you know, that's a whole nother piece of relationship. Um, things can come up and all of these pieces, but it does feel really supportive after everything that we've been through. And for Venus to be home in Libra in the middle of the month feels a really, it's a good placement for her. Yeah. It's like, take a breath, feel into the harmony of things, feel into, um, yeah, that, that part of it. And we also have at the end of the month, so just to wrap up, because there's more things that happen, but just as little reminders, because we talked about Uranus so much, he stations retrograde on the 19th, August 19th. So we get Uranus retrograde. And then on the 22nd, we have that second full moon in August, which is conjunct Jupiter. So that feels like um, just some pieces to, to just keep in mind for as we approach the end of the month, also that day, August 22nd, the sun moves into Virgo. So we have at the end of the month, some more shifts and, and that will, you know, we'll leave that there because that is just there to know and to, to you know, feel into. Um, but it feels like the month is just, there's just so much happening this month. Mm -hmm. Like there's so much shifting and, and big shifts, right? Which can look however in your life, um, and so I think a piece to end on is like, okay, we get, we get those couple of days to just nourish ourselves. We get a little North node and Venus in Libra action. Um, and to really just be with that space, knowing that, yes, we have that second full moon and there's more at the end of the month. Um, but really, you know, coming back to that, like being present with yourself, um, piece of it, cause there is so much happening. Um, but like you said, and I love that example of like with the contractions, like not thinking about the next one, not thinking about where you were, but just being exactly where you are now. Mm -hmm. I think it's a really important message as we move through August and whenever we're going through big shifts, but that is, you can feel that in the energy. And so I think that is like the little drop of medicine there. It's um, the other thing to kind of just hold space around with these Aquarian full moons is we started at the baby degree, depending on where you were on the planet, it was one or zero. And the moon is maturing to the master degree as it's happening at 29 Aquarius. So there is <clears throat> this mastery of, um, like the, the messy side of Aquarius can be hive mind. And I think about how often we've heard the word conformity in the past 18 months that we don't want to conform and how the other word that's been thrown around is unity. 
and feeling into those two words and that they're not actually interchangeable people. (laughs) They mean different things. Conformity is the messy side of Aquarius. Unity, the humanitarian aspect, the everybody's ideas and thoughts count. And how do we move from a whole place, not a place where everyone's the same? Um, And it seems like for me, it feels like that is a big question and a big theme and a big like unpackaging, unraveling. That is, that is moving this month as we move between these two Aquarian moons. Um, so, and everything that we've talked about is in support of finding where you stand on like your internal unity, how unified with your truth and, and your, your humble sovereignty and your radical self-acceptance are you. So I, I'm just, yeah, I'm loving it. Bring it on. More Lionsgate. (laughs) And that second full moon feels like, um, a piece of the unfolding of the birth as well. Like that the illuminations, um, will come because it's not quite complete. I mean, all of this that happens, everything that happens, happens in your own time. It happens. These, these aspects can illuminate, but it all happens in your own time. It's not, you know, it's not like when a physical woman gives birth to a physical baby, there is a moment, right? Like there is a birth time that that baby is birthed. And right, when you feel into the whole labor process, like there is a time of birth. It's not quite as simple when we're talking about our consciousness and ourselves and our inner space. Like that feels like another piece to bring in of this full moon, that second full moon, because these these portals and these times of this, these two full moons and this lion gate that they are coinciding that that second full moon, there's, there's, that's a birth. Every full moon is, is a birth and that there is space for illuminations to come. So, you know, again, not to feel like, oh my gosh, lion's gate ended and I'm still a little like uh, (laughs) unsure of things. Like, there is always more unfolding and it's just, it's that layer piece. I love that, that layer piece that um, you brought in because that, that feels to mention as well with this full moon, that there's this piece, this illumination of the birth and things do come to completion and things can come to completion, um, but there's always an unfolding. And so to remember that too, that like if on August 12th, you're like, oh my gosh, I don't really know what to make of any of that. Perfect. Cause we also love, we love to overanalyze. And so knowing that we do have a full moon coming and that that is this really bigger picture of the six month journey that we started in February that began to blossom last month, but that will fully blossom at the end of August. And to just be patient with things like you can't force a flower to open. It's just Mm going to open when it opens. And I think Lionsgate portal was this really beautiful, potent time for us to really be in like the heart of that birth canal. Um, But to know that there's space on either side of it and that I I do really feel that full moon um, on the August 22nd and it's conjunct Jupiter, that there's this really beautiful unfolding. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. I love the, the, you can't force a flower to bloom. Um, I just think about how in my work, and I know the things that we've spoken about, like we get, we get the pieces we're ready for when we're ready for them and not a second before. And if it takes two years or three years or 10 years for you to get all of the pieces for your puzzle, your timing is your divine timing. And it, it does. There's so many pieces that you get and you're like, what does that have to do with anything? This is not downloading software. It's just not. You don't get the whole software suite right now. You're only going to get pieces. Yes. So perfect. Anything, anything else? Are we feeling, are we feeling complete? (laughs) (laughs) There's always more. There is always more we can talk about, but I think for this conversation, yeah, like there was, there is a lot and Lionsgate bring is bringing a lot of energy and shifting. So yeah. So I think we can end on that because we will, we will, you know, the next podcast we'll go into, we'll go into even more. We'll go into Virgo season and all the goodness there, but yeah. I love where, um, I love everything we brought in today. And just to remind everyone and us that this Lionsgate portal, um, it really is a beautiful, like to hold on to the beauty of birth, right? Like that there is, um, there's an excitement, there's a newness to it. And that is exciting, scary. Yes, but it's beautiful. Yeah. It's fabulous. All right. Until next time. Thanks for joining us. This is Amy, and I just want to thank you for joining us today on our meanderings and our wonderings. If you're enjoying our podcast, leave us five stars. We would love that. And if you'd like to reach out to either of us, both of our websites are listed in the show notes. So enjoy, and until next time. <laughs>